We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 30 this morning, if you haven't made your way there yet. Uh, a photographer was preparing to take pictures of a first grade class, and he was chatting with a little girl, a first grader, and he asked her, he said, so what are you going to do when you grow up, or what do you want to, to be when you grow up? And her response was, tired. <laughs> I'm going to be tired when I grow up. I think on more than a few levels, many are tired today. Many are tired this morning. So far, 2022 looks very similar to 2021. Uh, 2020, maybe even worse. The opening scene of 1 Samuel chapter 30 didn't look good either. It is never wise to make decisions from a place of fear, but David fearing that his life was going to end someday, he was sure of it, that his life was going to end someday at the hand of Saul, he escapes to take refuge with the Philistines. But when the Philistines were preparing to go to war against the nation of Israel, David and his men were forced to return to Ziklag and Judah. And that's where we pick up the narrative this morning in 1 Samuel chapter 30, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invited, I'm sorry, had invaded the south and Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives." So what we have this morning, we're looking at, is we see a distressful situation. This is the scene of 1 Samuel chapter 30, opening. And these are situations that are very pressing. They're very pressing. They press us so that it feels like we're suffocating emotionally. They're very heavy. Uh, we can weep to the point where uh, we're out of tears. We can weep to the point where we can't weep anymore. Look at verse 4. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. I think many of us can identify with this this morning. It's heavy. It's hard. Uh, some of us have been here. Some of us are here. Where you say, I have no tears left. What made this situation even more distressful was the fact that David and these men, or many of these men by this time, uh, were already in a season of distress. Look at 1 Samuel 22 verses 1 and 2, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him and everyone that was in distress. 
and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. David was already running for his life. And the men that joined him were in pressing situations, and they were struggling to exist under the reign of the tyrant King Saul. So to return to Ziglag and find the city burned, and to find their wives and children taken captive was just one more layer of distress. To see men weep until they had no more power to weep shows you how pressing, how distressful this situation was. This was grievous. This was heavy. This was pressing. This was suffocating. These situations, listen, they can bankrupt the strongest of men emotionally. I don't care how much of a tough guy you think you are, how hard you think you are. Uh, there are some seasons in life where life can deal you some cards that will bring you to your knees and empty every tear you can possibly manufacture in your body. Life can do this. This is the scene here in verse 30. The reality is this, this is critical. No one is exempt from these situations. None of us are. Distressful situations are not an elective in life. You don't get to pass on them. At some point, they will find you, and you will find yourself in one, probably more than one. Look at verse 5. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Now, to be clear, polygamy was something that was practiced by men, not prescribed by God, just so we're clear. But David's two wives were taken captive as well. I think sometimes, subconsciously, we think that leaders are somehow exempt from these seasons, like somehow leaders are bulletproof that somehow they can't identify with or they can't really understand what it's like to go through very hard, pressing, painful seasons and situations in life that could be further from the truth. No one is exempt from this. I don't care who you are. Not even Christ. Look at Luke twenty-two forty-four, And being in... And agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. There is no distressful situation greater than this one, because he knew what awaited him. He knew the weight and the burden of the cross that he was going to have to bear and endure. It was crushing to him emotionally as a man. Yes, he was God, but he was as human as you and I are this morning. And he knew the brutality. He knew the torture. He knew the force and the intensity of what was going to come against him. He was in agony and prayed so earnestly that his sweat was 
like great drops of blood, but not even Christ escaped distressful situations. He was not excused. Distressful situations can also provoke us, listen, to behave unwisely. They can. These are not pre-K situations. These are heavy. And they can push you to your intellectual, social, emotional, and spiritual brink. They can test your very sanity. But they can provoke us to behave unwisely. Look at verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. I want you to know that if the Chiefs lose tonight, sorry, I will not be surprised. Now, I don't want the Chiefs to lose. I have a word red, so you know. But if the Chiefs lose tonight, I won't be surprised. Listen, Buffalo is a very good team. Buffalo is a very good football team. But if the Chiefs lose tonight, here's what's going to happen tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, very passionate, disgruntled Kansas City Chief football fans are going to raid the sports talk radios where they're going to blast the head coach, they're going to blast the general manager, they're going to throw the team under the bus. They're going to be irate, they're going to be angry, and they're going to choose not to think about the Chiefs holding up or raising up that trophy in Miami two years ago. Who cares about that? All they know is we lost to Buffalo. People have very short memories. Remember, 400 of these men, it was 600 by now, but but 400 of these for sure were in debt, distressed, and discontented. How quickly they've forgotten. And how would stoning David help the situation? This is what I'm saying. These situations can provoke us to behave unwisely. Or this makes no sense. Understand the dark truth about us, the dark truth about humanity is this. In distressful situations, listen, we must blame someone. Don't we? In distressful situations, we must blame someone. Including God. Things get tough. God allows life to touch us. God allows us to go through a distressful situation. It's painful. It's pressing. We're suffocating. Who do I blame for this? And eventually, I'm going to get to God. Look at Numbers 11, beginning in verse 11. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? How about that? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? 
Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them? That thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father beareth the sucking child unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me. Kill me. I pray thee, out of thy hand, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. At this point, Moses wanted out. I'm done. I'm finished. I want nothing to do with these people. Why have you put me in this situation? Why have you laid this burden on me? These people are absolutely out of their minds. But notice where his blaming God took him. Kill me. That's dark. That's dark. Please, you should know that blaming God gives place to the devil in your life. You start blaming God, and what you do is you put the welcome out for Satan to have a place in your mind and in your heart, and trust me, he will absolutely take the invitation. David was running for his life. His wives had been taken captive. The people had now turned on him. Verse 6 says, he was greatly distressed. Brothers and sisters, if it wasn't Omicron, it would be something else as heavy. Blaming your leadership or God himself only reveals that you really don't believe that he's sovereign. You don't really believe that ultimately God is in control. Not Sam, not me, not anybody that you can see. The Amalekites could not have burned Ziklag and taken the women and children captive except God permitted it. Did David's decision to escape and take refuge with the Philistines, did that have an impact on this? You better believe that it did. No doubt about that. But this situation could have been worse. A whole lot worse. God was absolutely in it and was in control. The Amalekites wanted revenge for David's invasion against them in 1 Samuel 27, where David, the Bible tells us that David smote the land and left neither man nor woman alive. That, that's how David dealt with them. But what we see here in verse 2 is that the Amalekites slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away. God was in control. 
God also providentially moved to get David and his men out of the land of the Philistines back to Ziklag in perfect time because when did they get to Ziklag? It says the third day. Jesus was in agony before and during the crucifixion, but on the third day, all was made right. God would make this right. God saw to it that David and his men got back right on time. Listen, this is what you got to understand when you're going through a distressful season and you're tempted to to, to blame others in particular, the sovereignty of God was greater than the failure of David. Name the leader, including yourself. You're not going to make every right decision. You're not going to always do the right thing. You're not, you're, none of us are perfect. God is. And so men will fail us and disappoint us, and they should have done this or that. Okay, but at the end of the day, who's really in control? It's God. So we look to him. And if the people had their eyes on God, they would have known that. And their response would not have been, let's stone David. But like David, we're in a hard place, aren't we? We've all heard the news by now. Our brother Tarl is absent from the body, present with the Lord. And while we can take comfort in that truth, we still mourn. We mourn for Gina. We mourn for the children. We mourn for Tony and the whole family. We mourn for them. Even though it is true that he's with the Lord, it still hurts. It's heavy. The question is, what do we do? When you compare what King Saul did, he was in a very distressful situation in 1 Samuel 13, and he foolishly offered a sacrifice unlawfully. It's out of bounds. That's what I'm saying. These situations can provoke us to behave so very unwisely. That was a very foolish thing that he did, and it cost him dearly. Here's what David did. Look at verse 6. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That's what he did. That's what he did. Uh, This phrase, encouraged himself, I want you to see how it was also translated in your Old Testament. It was translated as strong 48 times, strengthened 28 times, strengthened 14 times, stronger six times. Given his circumstances, David would have been a very weak man at this point emotionally. Right? I mean, one of the things that you can't divorce yourself from is the fact that the decisions that you make, whether it be as a, as a, as a husband, a father, or a pastor, whatever leadership capacity you're in, it, it, it settles that I, I realize, Lord, that the decisions that I'm making have a direct effect and impact on people. And you don't just roll over and go to sleep with that. That's, that's a very, very heavy thing. 
I can only imagine what David had to be feeling and thinking as he gets back to Ziklag and realizes that had we been here, this wouldn't have happened. I'm telling you, this would have been crushing to him as a man and a leader. He would have been tempted to be dripping in failure. But what did he do? (laughs) What do you do in those situations? You do what he did. You strengthen yourself or you encourage yourself in the Lord your God. That's it. There's no other option. Well, I guess there is, but and there's no other right one. How about that? But the key was God was his strength. That was the key. And that is the key. Psalm 18 were the words David spake unto the Lord the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Let's consider some of that. Psalm 18, 1 and 2. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Psalm 18, 32. It is good that girdeth me with strength. I'm sorry, it is God. Okay, Lori, I think i got to start wearing my glasses. This is happening more and more. I'm in denial. But I think it's getting official. I am tripping over words more frequently, and that really bothers me. Um, My pride won't let me take it. (laughs) But pray for me. (laughs) Maybe next week. I'm like, okay, I've got a large font. I just got to bump it up a little bit more. We, we joke about, have you guys seen the commercial where the couple was out to dinner and they bring the menu out that's about as tall as I am? <laughs> so, ah, it is good to know your limitations. I am human. Okay, let's try it again. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. Psalm 1914, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalm 28:7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth, trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. This is really what it comes down to is who's your strength? Who's your strength? That's a big deal when it comes to distressful situations. Because if God is not your strength, you've got a great problem. You've got a real big problem on your hands. So these situations are pressing, but I want to just wrap up with some very specific truths that we all need to meditate on and take with us from today. Number one, we do have a choice. When we're in distressful situations, we must understand that we do have a choice. You always have a choice. Look at the verse again, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. 
That was a deliberate decision. That was a choice that he made. And you and I can make that same choice. In a hard season, in distressful seasons, we can do this very thing. These situations, listen, can only paralyze you and smother you in discouragement. They can only do that if you say so. It's not up to the situation. It's not up to the season. It's not up to what's going on in the country or what's going on with Omicron or this circumstance or that situation. That doesn't determine whether or not it paralyzes you and overwhelms you and smothers you or drowns you in discouragement. You decide. I decide. This is a choice that we make. I think we give our circumstances and we give situations, we give them too much power and way too much credit. It comes down to our walk with God. Look at Psalm 18.6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him, even into his ears. Again, these aren't electives. You, you, you can't take them or leave them. No, you have to take them, whether you want to or not. The question is, is how do we respond? Two, this is critical. They're, they all are. Christ is with us. Christ is with us. Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? I'm begging you to really hear me now. Everybody, I need to hear me. This is critical. In distressful situations, listen, Truth must trump feelings. Truth must trump feelings. Lord, help us. We are a culture of people who are slaves to our feelings. So much so that we believe them over what God says. In distressful seasons, in distressful situations, the most important thing for you and I is to know what God has said to us and to believe that. It doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't matter what's happening around us. Let me just challenge some of you. And again, I have nobody in mind, I promise you. But some of you need to turn your TV off and get in your Bible. You need to get off the internet and get into your Bible. You, you sit there and, and you give hours to, well, you know, they're saying this and, and, and oh, oh my goodness, this is coming and, 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 and look at this over here and, 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 and you're just, oh, oh my gosh. You're terrified. 
living, walking in fear. And you start making decisions based on what Fox News says or what CNN says or, 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 or what you got in your news feed on your smartphone and all of that. And that is now governing your thought life and it's driving your decisions, not, listen, I chose to get up this morning and I chose to open my Bible and by faith I chose to read what it says and I chose to believe that. Feeling alone and forgotten is simply untrue for the believer. Why? What does the Bible say? What can separate you from the love of Christ? Name it. Omicron? A hard situation? Nothing. That is the truth. And guess when you know that to be so very true? Once again, when you choose to open the book, hear it and believe it, that's when you know. He speaks to your heart, he encourages you, and he strengthens you. Man, around you, it is absolute chaos, and people are freaking out, and people are panicking, and people are terrified, and you're as calm as a baby sleeping. Would you notice how personal this was for David? Look at it again, verse 6, the end. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Listen, his God. His is a personal pronoun. David didn't encourage himself in the Lord God. He encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. See, if you do not walk with God personally, if you do not have a genuine personal walk with God, distressful situations will be unbearable for you and they will dominate you. They will kick you around like a leaf in a strong wind. Your emotions will be more violent and intense than the most aggressive roller coaster in the world. Because you don't have a personal walk with God. And it will be so easy for Satan to convince you, for sure, that God has definitely abandoned you and he doesn't love you. You'll be sure of it. Finally, we must look to Christ for encouragement, not people. David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. According to 1 Chronicles 12, there were Men from Manasseh that came to support David during this time, and I'm sure that was appreciated, but they were not the source of his encouragement. The Lord is God was. I'm going to say, 
something that gets exposed, I've seen it and I see it, I know I'll keep seeing it, but something that gets exposed in distressful situations is that we can find ourselves disappointed with people. Because in our opinion, they were not there like we expected them to be there for us or needed them to be there for us. I'm not saying that we don't have a responsibility to pray for one another and support one another, but it is interesting. It is interesting that this word encourage is not found in the New Testament anywhere. It's interesting. Those who struggle with feeling let down by others in these situations, the problem they have is they have an expectation problem. Their expectations are not properly aligned. Look at Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. That's it. But if you're looking to people, then you have altered this verse. Your soul waits only upon people, for your expectation is from people. And when that's your heart, yes, you are constantly swimming in the ocean of disappointment. Everywhere you turn, this person disappoints me, they disappointed me, they let me down, they weren't there for me, I need them. Your expectation is not from the Lord. Let me just break it to everybody. And this ought to be like, this ought to be just like a reminder, like this, this ought to be duh. Only God is God. There is no human being that can be there for you 24-7. There is no human being that can meet your every longing and need. There is no human being who can never not let you down. Like, only God is God. Brothers and sisters, right now, we all need to be, listen, right now, this is for Midtown, but, but for, for, for my heart to life fellowship right now, in this fellowship, all of us ought to be having the most amazing quiet times. All of us ought to be having the most amazing quiet times. I am calling all of you. I am challenging all of you to turn the TV off a little earlier. Put the smartphone down a little earlier. Be done with the surfing a little earlier. So that you can get to bed and get enough sleep so that you can rise very early and encourage yourself in the Lord your God. It's not about looking around and saying, well, I need this from so-and-so, and, -so, and I, I hope Midtown does this, and I really hope and I need that. And No, 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 no. What you need, what I need, <laughs> is to kill the noise. 
And there's one voice that we all need to hear, and it's his. Brothers and sisters, there is comfort, there is encouragement, there is strength when you choose to get up in the morning very early, and I mean get away from everybody and everything and open this blessed book and just listen to what the Holy Spirit will say to your mind and to your heart. And then, I would love to hear on WhatsApp this week and the coming weeks. Give me a verse. I get it. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's heavy. But what is God saying? Uh, don't need a sermon, but, but, but you can just post a verse. Right? Let's, let's everybody, let's get our attention on. Listen, we're not victims. And we're not going to feel sorry for ourselves. Are you kidding me? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, where does it dwell? In us. Where have we been made to sit together? Heavenly places. Are we not more than conquerors? So we will not hang our heads. We will not feel sorry for ourselves. What we're going to do is we're going to encourage ourselves in the Lord our God. Amen? Father in heaven, thank you for your word. It is only good. Let us choose to deliberately strengthen ourselves in you. In Jesus' name, amen.